where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. What is it that has your attention? Where are you spending your money, your time, and your talent? Most of us would be very quick to say that we don't live in idolatry. Yet a close examination of our lives reveals a very different story. Join Kim Miller in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries as she takes us on a journey through the scriptures, examining the idols in our lives. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. We're going to take a close look today at how we spend our time, where we put our energy, the things that really reveal what is truly important to us. And we're doing that with the perspective of verse Exodus 20, verses 1 and 3, that says, And God spake all these words, saying, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's incredibly important that we understand that whatever takes the place of God in our life, that is an idol. And he has said that we're not to have any other idols, not to have any other gods. We're not to have anything that is more important to us than God himself. And what happens is, is that we let things creep in to our lives that take us away from God and take us away from doing the things that God would have us to do. And many times those things in and of themselves are not bad. It's just that we get so consumed by them or we put them in a place in our lives that they should never be. And so as a result of that, they become something bad for us. And so hopefully after a few minutes of looking at this and beginning to think about what the scripture says about getting rid of idols in our lives, we'll be able to do a self-examination and be closer to living that life that God would have us to live. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time that you allow us to be together. We thank you for the time that you allow us to be in your word. But more importantly, Lord, we thank you for the time that you spend with us. And we know, Lord, that that is all the time because you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. And Lord, I pray that you would help each of us as we're listening to what you have given me, Lord, to carefully remove anything that doesn't belong in our life. And Lord, let us draw closer to you. Be in this message, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin with just a little simple math. We all have 24 hours a day. And we all know people who get a lot of things done, people who don't get anything done. But the truth of the matter is, we all have the same amount of time to work with. 
And when you think about that, that means that a week holds 1,080 minutes for each one of us. So that's 168 hours. And when you think about that, we think about when Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says that it is a reasonable service. And what was he talking about when he was talking about reasonable services? It wasn't like going out and doing these monumental things. What we owed him reasonably, or what we owed the Lord reasonably, was things that were fairly simple. And in fact, let's look at what it says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So we're to be available for God to use. And when we look in the scriptures and it talks about tithing and talks about what we're asked to give to God, it's 10%. So 10% of our money and 10% of our time. And if we give 10% of our time, that means we owe, so-called should be given Jesus as our reasonable service, 16.8 hours a week. Now I want you to stop for a moment right there. And for many of us, we know that we fall woefully short just on what was our reasonable service, let alone anything above and beyond that would show our love and commitment and dedication to him. If you think about the time that you go attending church, that's usually somewhere around 2.4 hours a week because many of us um, would find ourselves going to church on Sunday morning and Wednesday evening and perhaps Sunday night if your church has it or if you're so inclined to go. So we have 24 hours a day, 2.4 hours per day is our reasonable service. And on some days we might get into church, which would calculate us out some time that we have given to the Lord. But what are we going to do with the other amount of time? And then you say, well, I'm not really much for going to church and and maybe you're not, but Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, my friend, I, I know one thing for sure. We are getting closer and closer to the coming of the Lord. And so if it says that we are to assemble more together as we see the day approaching, I believe now is the time that we need to get together. And it says exhorting one another. That means encouraging one another, lifting one another up, assisting one another, giving them joy and peace from your existence in their life and from what God has done for you so that you can tell them about it and you're moving other people. So one way that we are able to give back to God, which is our reasonable service, is to attend church. Another way is for us to be involved in a regular study of God's word. See, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And since the Bible told us, as we read out of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, that we're to assemble together, that means church is a good place to do that and a reasonable idea. The second thing he tells us that we're talking about is studying his word. And in 2 Timothy 2.15, he tells us that we are to study to show thyself approved unto God, 
a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so we need to study the word of God first and foremost to get to understand who God is, to know his character, to understand what he expects of us. When we study his word, we figure out and find out his promises to us, things that we can count on that will give us joy and peace. When we study his word, we get our instructions for how we're to live our life so that we can be in the center of God's will. When we study his word, we also learn what it means. And so we need to be sure that we are looking at God's word within a perspective of what is this saying to me? What does it mean? What can I learn from this? How can I apply this to my life? And then what many of us overlook in this verse in 2 Timothy 2.15, where it says, rightly dividing the word of truth. That means there are a ton of verses. There's 66 books in the Bible, and each one of them are packed with chapters, and each chapter is packed with verses. And when we begin to look at these verses, they have absolute meaning and application to our life. And it's kind of like When you go into your kitchen and you open up your silverware drawer, most of us will find fork, spoon, and knife. And in fact, we will find variations of these things for the most part. But let's just take it simply. We have a fork so that when we need to eat something that needs to be stabbed and held onto with the utensil, then we can. We stab it with the fork and we eat it. We have a spoon when something is liquidy and would not would just fall through the tines of the fork, something that needs to be held together so that we can eat it in one bite, then we use a spoon. When we need to cut something up so that we can digest it and get it in our mouth in a reasonable piece, then we use a knife. But you don't use a knife to eat your soup. You don't use your spoon to cut your steak. And you certainly don't use your fork to try to eat your soup. We have a a way of using the correct utensil to get the most benefit from the food we're getting ready to eat and to do it in the most effective way. When you study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that's not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, you learn the scriptures in such a way to rightly apply them to the pieces of your life and to the situations of your life in such a way as to be most effective and to get the most joy out of it and to know God's peace. So rightly dividing word of truth means to know when to use it in what situations, knowing that it will always be the supreme authority. This is important. Because if you don't understand the word of God, it's hard to incorporate it into your day-to-day life. And so our reasonable service of this 16.8 hours a week needs to be spent with Jesus. That's just reasonable. And so we do that in church and our worship and congregating with our fellow believers and our other people at our church. We can do it in studying his word. We can do it when we witness. But there's going to be a time in your life that God is going to call you to do something for him. It may be swap a smile with a friend. It may be make a dinner for someone that is sick. It could be helping someone build their home. It might be helping someone um, 
navigate doctor's visits. It could be a a vast variety of things. But if you don't allow yourself to be available for God to use, then you are not going to be used in his service. And you will not be doing what God has asked you to do. Now, many of us have a heart that wants to serve, but we have created a life that is not available to do so. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. He's given you 24 hours a day. We are looking at 16.8 hours a week to try to do our reasonable service for the Lord. And some of us are sitting here thinking right now, I can't do that. I don't have enough time. And if you are saying that, and if that indeed is true, what you have done is you have misappropriated the 24 hours a day that God has given you. Because in no way, shape, or form, anywhere from Genesis to Revelations, and especially if you park in Ecclesiastes, will you ever find that God will ever ask you to do what he hasn't created you an opportunity to do. God will never ask you to do what is contrary to his word. And he said to be still and know that I am God. He said to study. He said in Thessalonians to pray without ceasing. See, some of us are just so busy that we can't ever do what God is asking us. In fact, we're so busy getting up and getting ready and running out the door that we don't even have time for God's holy word. Or perhaps the only time we pray is while we're driving down the road and we're praying that God gets us to work on time. That's not exactly what he means when he says to pray with him. We are to let our requests be made known unto God and the peace of God will fill our hearts and minds. But we are to have a constant attitude of prayer in our heart that is seeking God's presence in every moment of our life. We are to have a life that is dependent upon the infusion of God's word and God's will for everything we do. It is important then that we don't place things in our life that makes us unavailable for God. We have talents and skills that we have to hone that we often can use to avail ourselves for the Lord. I think immediately of musicians and worship leaders in churches who have spent countless hours learning their music and learning their trade, and all of that was necessary, but they have to then turn that skill over to the Lord so that he can use it. If you are never at church to sing for the glory of God, it's very hard for you to convince anyone that you are using your voice for the Lord. If you are a musician who is using it only outside of any bounds that could be used by the Lord, you're not using your skill for him. And then what happens is it becomes something that you are not using for God. And oftentimes why you're not using it for God is because you've become looking at something other than God and his will for your life and have incorporated that skill set into what you're doing that keeps you from the Lord. For instance, if you're a tremendous athlete, You may find it necessary to train seven days a week. And you may be training while you should be in church. 
You may be exercising, keeping your body tone, while you should be reading the Word of God. You've become so preoccupied with what you look like or keeping yourself healthy that you've missed the whole point of why you should do that. You are now thinking about what you get out of it or your vainglory. You're not keeping yourself healthy or toning yourself up for God to use you in his service. In fact, we're told in Timothy that bodily exercise profiteth little. Now, yes, we need to keep ourselves ready and available, and we need to be as healthy as we possibly can, but we need to understand that is for the entire purpose and goal of being used and being fit for his service not for any vainglory or for what the devil has begun to use it for, which is to turn you away from the purposes of God and just constantly keeping you outside of being able to go to church or to do his will. Now, I just chose exercise. There are so many other things. Many of us are so busy making a living that we forget to live. We take on the extra work, which takes us away from our family. But we say we do that so we can have another car. We say we do that so my kid can have one more lesson that I can pay for. We say that we do that for a whole lot of reasons. But regardless of what your reason is, you are keeping yourself from having yourself available for God to use. Because if he wants to use you, you are busy doing something else you have created in your life. It's important that we understand that all of these things are good as long as they are balanced by God, as long as you're allowing him to manage it. But I know people who are not home a split moment during the week because they work all day, then they go to this sporting event or go to that event, they are busy doing this, they are busy doing that, they come back in, fall in dead dog tired to their bed at nine o'clock at night and they start the same rat race tomorrow and at no time did they pray at no time did they read the word of God at no time did they go visit someone sick in the hospital and all of those things they said if you talk to them they wanted to do they just simply didn't have time let me tell you this That busyness is an effective tool of the devil. There is a difference between having a busy life and having a completely full life. A full life is filled with Jesus. It's filled with his presence. It's filled with his purpose. And you'll find yourself doing his work and his will. A busy life will keep you tired. It will keep you anxious. It will keep you behind. It will keep you too busy to do things for God. We need to look at our lives and figure out how it is that we are sending it, how we are spending our time, and we need to invest it in things that will return joy and peace and glory to God, not spend it on frivolous, wasteful things that eat up our peace, that cause us distress, that keep us from being in the center of God's will. We need to realize that God says we must pray in Hebrews 4.16 that we are to come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time and need. He's asking us to pray. So what are you doing instead of worshiping? and praying and studying and witnessing, that is what is going to be your idol. And you might as well go ahead and name it. What are you doing 
instead of the things of God? And why are you not doing the things of God? I'm going to leave you with this final thought. If you had $86,400 with the stipulation that it must be spent by midnight or you'd lose it forever, what would you do? It's my thought that you would find yourself at the stroke of midnight with very little money left. And you would know the reasons and the purpose for every one of those dollars spent. Well, I want you to see that today you're given 86,400 seconds. 86,400 seconds. And at the stroke of midnight, every second wasted is gone forever. How are you going to spend this precious time that you can never regain? The answer is you spend it for God. You invest it in his kingdom. He says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20, Lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Today, you have a choice to invest your life in the kingdom of God and allow him to fill you with his presence and to create in you the person that he has plans to create. Or you can resist him, plan your own life, and live a life wasted. The choice is yours. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Women at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Women at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you, and you are loved. Like to have, and I was wondering, could you show me how you 
Happy girl.